Welcome to Love at First Science with me, your host and fellow inquisitive inquirer, lover of all things nerdy, Celeste. As a physiotherapist and neuroscience student, I really do love science, but I'm also interested in the world of business, creativity, psychology. So this podcast is going to interview all sorts of different people from many different backgrounds to gain an understanding of the science behind their passion. We are about to embark on series three, which is all about the gut. Now, I'm hypermobile. It's one of our um, comorbidities, as they say. It's like one of the things that comes along with the hypermobile territory. So I've always felt like gut issues are my middle name. But I have to say, talking to this panel has already helped me implement small manageable changes that really seem to be working. So I'm excited to share the panel with you guys. We do go off-piste. We go from lymph into histamine. We look at intuition. So this is a great panel to dive into to learn more. I'm so excited to share this with you. Our next expert on the panel is Madeline Shaw, this absolute goddess of a woman, studied nutrition, she coaches people in nutrition, and she's also the author of three incredible books, Get the Glow, Ready to Glow, and A Year of Beautiful Eating. She's recently started coaching people also on the topic of intuition and how you can tap into your intuition to really succeed in any arena within your life. I'm excited to bring her into the panel because this whole chat around intuition relates directly to the gut and we're going to take a deep dive into the ins and outs of how your gut is communicating with you and how you can better listen. I had a blast talking to Maddie and I'm sure you will too. So it's my great honor and privilege to welcome someone that I've known for a very long time on Love at First Science, Madeline Shaw, welcome and yeah, and I've known you for, like I said, such a long time. And this is the first time that I'm actually getting a chance to sit down and look you in your eyes and ask you about your story. And it's such a great, uh, such a great thing to actually bring you on the gut section, because not only are you someone who's worked with many people, helping them with issues around that topic, but actually you've got new projects in line with this uh, realm. I'll say the realm of gut because it actually goes so much deeper what you're working on. But before we get into that, can you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us a bit more about your story. So hello, everyone. I'm Madeline Shaw. And I guess my journey into wellness began when I moved to Australia. So I'm from London, but parents are from New Zealand, but always had this like affinity and connection to Australia. I couldn't quite explain it. I've never been there, but just really wanted to live there and ended up going there um, when I was 18 and went to university there for four years and while I was over there I got diagnosed with IBS and this is you know a long time ago where there wasn't as much information out there as, as there, there is now but I ended up seeing a naturopath and she started to help me sort of change my diet um, and I basically ended up eating in this cafe so much they gave me a job and it was like a incredible like gym with a cafe where everyone worked out their foot and it was quite sort of like I don't know intuitive natural movement and all the guys worked out topless so that was always an added benefit of working there and yeah just <laughs> fell in love with cooking and food and I had always not knowing what I wanted to do in life I wasn't like particularly good at one thing at school and like I didn't have this like deep passion for something but the minute I got cooking and learning about nutrition I was like this is it like 
this is what I want to do. And I wasn't sure how I would like create a business or make income from it. But I just knew like deep in my gut (laughs) Um, that this was my path. And I moved back to London and basically a girlfriend of mine said you should set up a food blog because I'd been posting some of the recipes that I was making in the cafe to Facebook. And that was over nine years ago now. And it was probably, uh, I probably met you not long after that. I used to uh, see you across the uh, room in Indaba, just like doing these like crazy positions. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so I moved back to London, set up my, um, my website. And I guess just hustled in all the areas that I could think of. I would do like talks at gyms or cafes about get the glow and how to eat the glowing skin and I used to spiralize a courgette and people would go whoa that's amazing because <laughs> it was amazing 10 years ago it um, was <laughs> now people probably not as easily amused but um I did <laughs> I did uh, supper clubs yeah catered events um and then ended up studying nutrition and then started seeing clients and Along the way, I've written three cookbooks and created an app and different programs around IBS to help other people um, and done lots of brand partnerships as well. So that's kind of a, a brief summary of how it began and where it's going. And yeah, I still feel so grateful. I feel grateful that, you know, I can still work in something that I still feel really passionate about. And I've definitely had dips and you know, had to rethink how I can bring passion and purpose to what I do because I felt like what I'm doing in that moment isn't what I feel passionate about anymore. But I think the wonderful thing of the era that we live in and digital is that you can reinvent, you can change and and start going into a different area and thinking about it. And health and wellness is so broad. And I think I probably came in at being like, it's all about nutrition. And now I think nutrition is probably like, you know, 20% 20% of the, the big picture when it comes to health and wellness. So I'm always learning and hopefully always helping other people. Oh, you absolutely are. I remember when you brought Get the Glow out and I thought so smart because it really hit every little aspect of what the person needs to glow. And I thought <laughs> that's just such a genius product. But then actually the series of different cookbooks that you released were also quite clever and transformational and particularly the one that stood out to me and the one that I used significantly was the cookbook that enabled us to source local ingredients that were seasonal and I just thought not only is that sort of solving a problem in terms of healthy eating but also just in terms of the planet and the progression of where we're going as a as a race on the as a species on this earth I thought that that was really revolutionary I still don't think it got the credit it deserved you know I think you should still you know you know Jamie Oliver status you guys should be like competing for airtime on tv somehow I think that that would be fair um but hey you know I think you've done a fair share of good and well you've definitely touched loads of lives and I know the next project it's one of the reasons I thought it'd be great to bring you on the show because the next project is of course working with the gut but in line with intuition and I would love you to tell us a bit more about that Mm, absolutely so I've I think I've always been really interested in gut health and IBS having gone through what I've been through and it's definitely something I've talked a lot about in my books and I've created a program a few years ago called the IBS guide 
But my most recent project, as you said, is called Purpose with Madeline and Pierre. So I have always been really interested in purpose and leading a purposeful life. Both my parents, so my mum is a physio. I don't know if I've told you that before. No, I never knew that. Um, <laughs> and she knew she wanted to be a physio age 14, like left school at 16, went, went for it. And my dad, again, is a psychiatrist, age 14, knew that he wanted to be a psychiatrist and went for it. And, and again, my brother and sister are also living quite purposeful lives as well. So I think I have this like innate wisdom inside of me that like your career can be something you enjoy and you will get this just like overall feeling of something and you just roll with it and it will work out. So that was a great modeling. I got. I'm very lucky to have that. And, um, and when it came to me in the cafe in Australia, I think the interesting thing for me was that there was no, um, I had no idea. Like there was no step-by-step -step guide. There was no real blogging. People weren't making money out of food blogs or anything. Yeah, you were the pioneer for sure. Like the percent. Yeah. So I, there was literally like, I remember explaining to people what I was doing and people would just not get it, you know, so <laughs> for, for many, many years. So I think what I found interesting is just that deep intuition of knowing something's right, even though everyone around you doesn't understand it. There's no step-by-step -step guide. There's no like proof in the pudding that it can work out, but you still keep going. And I became really good friends with Pia, um, who I've uh, co-founded the program with. And she is an incredible woman who co-founded Glossy Box, a beauty subscription brand. She then went on to work for Google. And she kind of had this life that a lot of women can probably uh, relate to wanting, which is she lived in Kensington. She worked at Google. She got blow-dried three days, three times a week. You know, she was shopping at Nessa Porter. She was living this glamorous, you know, killing it life. But deep in her soul, she didn't feel happy or satisfied. Mm. So she kind of took a step back um, and did a, lots of other things and then ended up going into coaching and um, business and life coaching and specifically works with women who are in similar positions so women in high power jobs whether they're CEOs or they're doing really well in their field and kind of helping them bring them back to joy purpose um, love and I think that it's really important because I think so much of us are living in this world where we see what other people are doing all the time through social media and the news and other things and you think, I should be living in the countryside. I should be traveling to Italy. I should be having a baby. I should be going on that retreat. Or what are all these different things that we feel like we should be doing, but we don't quite know what's right for us. And sometimes we're living life for the gram or for other people and not what's true for ourselves. So um, we, we ended up living a street away from each other we found out we live really near each other and then we ended up spending loads of time together and I kind of said to her I really want to create something to help people find purpose I think it's what so many people are lacking in you know speaking to my friends speaking to my readers and she was like I would love to do that with you so we worked over lockdown together um, to create this program which we launched two weeks ago and it's a six-week online program that the idea is that you will become more purposeful at the end of it. 
And we look at things like finding your values. And when you know your values, you can make great decisions from them. We look at connecting to your intuition so that you can make um, decisions and you know you can kind of lead through more of a sort of subconscious processing model than an analytical model that we normally go with. And we can talk about that more later. Uh, and we look at finding more joy in your life. We look at limiting beliefs. So the thoughts you tell yourself that hold you back, like I'm not smart enough. I'm, you know, good stuff doesn't happen to me or all these sort of things that we have told ourselves over the years. Uh, and we look at motivation as well. So how can you bring everything you know into life long term? Because I think you can read the book, but actually how do you put it into action? That's like a whole nother process. So yeah, we've got lots of people in there enjoying it going really well. And yeah, if you're interested, um, it's on my website, madelineshaw.com. You can find out more about it and come and join. But I, I've really noticed that a lot of people, whether it's they're finishing uni, they've just had a baby, they've just been made redundant. They've maybe been in their career for 10 years and they want to change or they like their career, but they, they're needing purpose and passion outside of it. I'm finding that these are the sort of people that really need that direction and that sort of um, hand-holding through this. And I think often with a lot of these things, like we know what to do, but we don't often do it. And I think what's great about this program is it kind of really guides you through and it's really practical and you do lots of exercises so that you can get the results and that they stay long-term rather than just for that week or that period of time. Yeah. You tend to have those like little realization moments, isn't it? When you go through something like that and almost, it's not even that you need hand holding is that you just need someone to lean on occasionally yes, exactly. and they kind of guide you. And then you're like, Oh, that's the direction I was supposed to go in. So it's so good <laughs> that this is out there. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you, because this is the gut section of mm -hmm. the series and is there what kind of scientific basis have we got that there is this gut feel this intuition that lives subconsciously that's not really in the brain or in the head as it were mm. yeah I was doing some research before we spoke um, and there's a really great article from a neuroscientist who just talks about how there are these different types of thinking. So I think I said to you before, so there's the analytical thinking, which we probably use the most. So it's like, what shall I eat for dinner? Hmm, I haven't had uh, a frittata in a long time. Oh, but I don't have eggs and I don't have this. And, and you know, that's sort of, yeah. da, 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 da. we all do it all the time. And then there's another type of thinking, which is much more automatic it's fast and it's subconscious and it will just come to you much more instantly and that will be yes I really feel like I'm going to make it happen or no I don't feel like that I feel like pizza or pasta or whatever you want to eat that day but um, I think that there are these you can see that there are these very different types of thinking and I think often we say it's gut based or a gut feeling but actually it can be felt in any part of your body and it might not even be felt in your body. It might just like come to you just as a thought or as a feeling anywhere. Um, but we often think of it as a gut feeling because we're used to feeling it in lots of ways. So, you know, when you see someone that you fancy and you feel nervous and you get butterflies or you're about to speak on stage or, you know, you're really got to do this. Very visceral. 
yeah and you, exactly and you feel sick to your stomach well it is that sort of like same connection and that intuitive feeling that's like straight away and it's less analytical it's more um subconscious and immediate and I think that we prioritize analytical thinking rather Mm. than this more intuitive thinking and I think that it's really important that we go back to this and cultivate it more um, because I think often it gives you the answers that will help you more rather than writing out the pros and cons list and I think we probably can relate to I don't know a moment in our lives where we made a decision that was more intuitive based and we look back and we go that was definitely the right decision but you weren't quite sure why you did it but you did and I think you know we do prioritize this analytical thinking because you can write down the reasons and you can show the evidence whereas with a intuitive feeling you can't in the sense it's just a deep knowing Um, And I think we're often disconnected from our bodies. I mean, I know you as a yoga teacher and a huge part of yoga is coming back to your body, like breathing, connecting with your breath, feeling into the pose, you know, like moving your body in certain ways so that you're less in your head and more in your body. So I think yoga is really great for connecting to your intuition. Meditation is really good for connecting to your intuition. Even just journaling, like going through, like how am I feeling? What's going on for me? Um, I really like doing these like 40 second check-ins where you like do them maybe twice in the day and you just close your eyes and 40 seconds you like do a body scan and you go what's going on for me and whatever comes up comes up so it might be I'm really thirsty or I'm really tired and I need to lie down and I think listen to those and I think the more you listen to that feedback the more you will trust and, and take that intuition and I think relating it back to my story of when I moved to Australia no one else I mean I didn't have a single friend in Australia I just want to tell you like I moved to uni didn't really know anyone but I just knew within myself and I think that really strengthened that like gut-based thing and, and things did work out for me and I was very lucky in that sense that I found friend, friends and it all kind of flowed naturally but I think that really strengthened that intuition and I think once you strengthen it you see that it's has served you in a great way, then you can constantly keep coming back to it as well. Um, And I think, you know, taking it from the intuitive side to the gut to more of the nutrition side to digestive system, we know that anxiety and stress has such an impact on our digestive system. And it's one of the big causes of IBS. A lot of the time when I see clients or people write into me online about digestive problems, the two biggest things I say to them is, number one, start chewing your food, because most of us don't chew our food. inhale food. (laughs) Yeah, we wolf it down. And we do that because we're busy. We're doing it in front of the computer. We've got, I don't know, colleagues telling us we need to get into a meeting or children running around or whatever it is. So I, I get why we do it. But it's one of the biggest causes of bloating and IBS. And the second is stress as well. So managing that through movement, nature, yoga, breathing, uh, painting, pottery, whatever it is. <laughs> um, these are like two such significant factors. And I, I think if you want to, we can get into nutrition with gut health and things like that. But I, I would say these are like 
two really, really um, important factors with IBS and digestive health. And they did this really interesting study where for 12 weeks they took um, two groups of people, one on the low FODMAP diet, which is like a quite yeah. well-known diet for IBS. And then the other group did 12 weeks of yoga. I think it was four times a week. And by the end, they had the exact same results of, yes. and like, which is amazing. And wow. any, anyone who's done the low FODMAP diet, and I can explain it more if you want to, uh, knows it's, it's difficult. You're cutting out it's a lot so of hard. things. And also how you combine the food. Yeah, I mean, you can briefly explain it, but I've just said from personal experience, I was put on that and <laughs> I didn't last very long, if I'm really honest. Yeah, I mean, it's really, really hard to, to, to do it. You know, it's, it's difficult. You're cutting out really specific things. You have to do it for quite a long period of time yeah. to see results. Then you have to add things back in. And I do believe in it. And I think it can be, it can be really great. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think there's also a lot of research going into, um, like, uh, hypnotherapy with IBS. Yeah. So that's also showing incredible results as well that you can sort of reprogram your mind and how it reacts to things. Um, but it's, um, there's, you know, there's loads of things out there and I think we, do have to be our own detectives mm -hmm. uh, in that. And if anyone wants to find out more about the low FODMAP diet or IBS, I did a program with Laura Tilt, who is a registered dietitian who specializes in IBS. It's called the ibsguide.com. And that's just a great 12 week protocol for people with IBS because it can be really hard to see someone on the NHS. It can take a long mm -hmm. time and it can be very expensive as well to see someone privately. So we wanted to kind of create something that's in between. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's fascinating uh, the research going into digestive problems. Cause I think it's a big thing, right? Like, yeah, it's so, I know so many people who have digestive problems. And, and in fact, it's so many people come up to me and talk to me about it. And I, I love that people are being more open. Cause I think there's always yeah. been a bit of shame around IBS or all, any other digestive issues but I think people are opening up more at seeing that it is a lot more common I think we're super stressed out I think we're often not eating that well we're eating on the go we're rushing with our eating um, and these are all big factors that are causing it and also you know antibiotic use that's also shown to sort of strip the gut bacteria even things like if you came through the vagina uh, or you were a C-section baby, that lays down the foundation of your gut. And obviously we, we can't blame these things because babies can't always come out in the way that you want them to do, you know? And there are ways to replenish that um, good bacteria that gets lost. Um, but there are so many factors that are affecting our digestive system. And I think we're also not absorbing things as well. So when you've got impaired digestive system, then you don't absorb your nutrients and then, you know, all these other factors can go. So I think everyone needs to have a focus on gut health, whether they have a problem or not, because it is such an important uh, factor of our overall well-being. 
I interrupt this episode briefly to let you know that I am now a published author. The book, Too Flexible to Feel Good, has been written by me and my buddy Adele, and we have written this book for the hypermobile community. Of course, us bendies, we are no stranger to gut issues, but there are also other comorbidities like anxiety and fatigue, and of course, we tend to injure a lot. Well, this book, Too Flexible to Feel Good, has been written to help you navigate these challenges. It gives you loads of tips and tools that you can implement easily into your daily routine, and instantly, these will help you feel so much better. You can get your copy now from Amazon or any major online retailer. Yeah, it's like it hits so many systems, doesn't it? Like immune system, and it even has like a a connection to the way. I know that particularly as I've come through some sections talking about the core and breathing, like the diaphragm gut connection is just wild when you start looking into that. Um, So, yeah, I want like, are there any other systems? I'm I'm at the top of my brain right now. I'm remembering the diaphragm gut connection and also the immune system. But are there any other systems at the top of your head, Maddie, that we can link gut to that kind of puts it at sort of top of the list why we should be making sure we ensure our gut health? Mm, I definitely say emotional. I know that's not necessarily a system, um, but, you know, it's an immediate like, um, you know, caveman era reaction where like you feel really frightened and like you often like get the shits <laughs> sorry I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say something you like do. but you oh, know 100%. And it, so your your body is doing that because it's trying to get everything out of you so you can run as fast as possible and obviously majority of the time you aren't running away from something you're just scared of financial problems relationships problems work problems mental health problems whatever it is um so you know it's it's so linked in that way that like our body thinks it needs to do these things and often we're in like chronic stress where we're stressed all the time so that might mean that you're constantly having upset stomach constantly you know food is moving too quickly which means it's not being absorbed properly Mm. into the system so yes definitely that but I I mean I think personally it affects everything because your digestive system is where you absorb the nutrients which your entire body needs I can't see it not impacting everything and I think we're only just understanding how much bacteria is important and you know this is where a lot of bacteria lies in our digestive system so I think yeah I think we're going to understand more and more how it's almost like the number one thing (laughs) Um, there are a couple of there are a couple of number one things I feel like sleep's (laughs) up there and water and and then 100% diet and gut but I feel like what I think sleep is probably probably at the top of that each person I speak to they're always like sleep but then you know doing the series I'm starting to realize things like lymph and how lymph affects gut and gut affects lymph and I'm like that was like a mind-blowing episode to record because again I had absolutely no experience about how the two related and yet wow like if you're not taking care of one or the other there is huge repercussions down the line so yeah I mean these kind of topics are just fascinating and you touched on gut bacteria um, and in a several different ways obviously you're talking about the importance of gut bacteria the impact that antibiotics would have had on it but also uh, having a vaginal delivery um, 
Are there any other things that we can do practically now in our lifestyle to ensure the health of our gut bacteria? Mm, Absolutely. I think it's really important to not get bogged down on the past because I definitely went through a stage of like when I was one, I had um, osteomyelitis. Do you know osteomyelitis in my leg? So it's it's the infection of the bone marrow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in hospital for months and months and I had like bone marrow transplants and so much like awful oh, little Maddie. I know. I, I can just my... imagine your little face in hospital. <laughs> I know I still have my little leg cast as well. There's only one. Um, and I had so much antibiotics, you know, shoved <laughs> down in my face like so many times. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's really it's it's happened to all of us we've all had periods of time where we've taken lots of medicine or done certain things or drunk loads of alcohol or taken lots of drugs in our past time and we can't go back on those all we can do is is now so I think prebiotics and probiotics probably people have heard of those so probiotics um you can get them in capsule form but there's also they come in like fermented foods so that's like your yogurts, your kimchi, uh, your kefir and things like that. And they're really, really good um, at bringing more bacteria to the digestive system. So probiotics add to the population of the good bacteria. Um, And it's hard to know if they get there because obviously there's lots of research that like the stomach acid kills it off, um, you know, and... There's, there's lots of different like people out there who do it in liquid form or in tablet form or in food form. Um, but that's a really, really good way of getting um, more bacteria in the gut. And then there's prebiotics and that's things like onions, garlic, <laughs> um, artichokes. Um, and these foods are prebiotic foods and to be honest there's a lot of foods that have prebiotics in them um and they're basically like plant fiber and they act as food for the good bacteria so they grow the good bacteria so you need a bit of both um because you need to sort of seed and then replenish the seeds as well if that makes sense as a little like an explanation of it Um, so you know, eating prebiotics is just eating lots of different plant species, lots of different vegetables, lots of fibrous foods. And then the probiotics is much more of that sort of fermented food. However, I do want to say that if people have really bad IBS or digestive problems, sometimes lots of probiotics or probiotic rich foods can be quite, um, difficult I speak from experience with that as well yeah. because I remember hearing on a podcast you mm. know you should eat lots of um, kimchi and sauerkraut and I went off to Whole Foods and I stocked up and let's just say to your words it was a bit of a shit show <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think it's really important that like we separate gut health and digestive issues because actually people with digestive issues probably can't, they've got impaired digestive health, so they can't absorb them as, as well. So it doesn't mean that you can't have any, but I would really start small and build up 
uh, to be honest, I would start small with anyone. I think it's it's classic us, isn't it? It's like, this is the new health food. I'm going to eat all of it in one day. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just going to Big like, thing of sauerkraut. Yeah. And then like a little piece of something else on the side of my sauerkraut. <laughs> exactly. So go small with it. You know, build your system up to it, you know, because... You, your body might not be used to it. So I would go I would go slow and go small. And especially if you've got digestive problems, I would almost work on that first. So what foods are triggering it, um, you know, working on the stress related things, you know, maybe working with a practitioner or doing the program that I suggested. And then you can bring in that at the end. But I wouldn't, if you're getting upset stomachs all the time, if you're having big IBS flare-ups, I wouldn't recommend having lots of fermented foods um, or even really prebiotic foods like garlic and onion because they can be incredibly um, problematic for a lot of people with digestive problems. So I would say if you're someone that's like not got anything specific or diagnosed, knock yourself out have lots of the probiotics that's going to be great but if you are someone that has got a digestive issue figure out how to manage it first and then you can bring it in later slowly Um, and I think it's really important because I think you're right there's so much on gut health and sadly the suckers like you and I (laughs) have you know conditions uh go and buy it all and it actually doesn't do us as much good um uh, because I think, yeah, there needs to be a separate conversation of gut health and then digestive um, conditions. So two things as you were talking, which I thought very encouraging to hear you giving people the confidence about moving forward to the future, because we do get stuck in the past. I mean, I was on antibiotics for eight years and I can honestly turn around and say that it was a horrendous experience, not only for my body, but Mentally, I did not perform in life as well as I could have. I look back and I thought, wow, I just think, wow, so much could have been done so much earlier. And I could have had a much more, much richer, more meaningful experiences. But so much of my time was spent stressed out about being running to the toilet and just in a constant state of panic. There was a lot of anxiety related to my gut issues. Um, So thank you for saying words like, just let it go. It happened. Let's move forward. And then, I mean, exactly your last point, separating the two out, I think is so important because someone with gut issues is probably going to be listening to this. And at some point, someone's going to say something like X, Y, Z is good for your gut. And yeah, we go in all guns blazing, don't we? We just think (laughs) like, this is the solution. And then when we get worse, it really does knock the confidence. I would say, speaking from experience, I just like, you're like, wow, nothing's ever going to work. Mm, and you then blame yourself. Oh, it's just me. Everyone else eats this and like has a flat stomach and I don't. And I think, yeah, we can get into that mental load. And I think also another, you know, thing is, is to not relate to you and your condition as one it's just something that you're experiencing it's not necessarily something you have all the time forever and I think the thing you know because IBS if we're talking about IBS specifically it's actually not a disease it's a condition so it's not something that you can take something and it goes um, or that you can catch exactly or that you can catch or that you can um 
be rid of forever you know you can be cured of so it's a condition so it means that you just manage it at all times and that means that sometimes it may be worse than others and maybe you get your like little protocol plan and you know how to put it in place and that's fine um but I think it's always like good to not identify it as like you and you've done something wrong it's just something that you have to like manage and take care of like a little pet (laughs) like a little kitten (laughs) you're joking but you know I often when I was going through some really dark times through this whole period I I mean I was really trying my hardest when it came to diet I mean I, I think I lived on soup once for six months and I just I did my utmost and Although it wasn't totally successful, uh, it really did. I often thought to myself, if I was one of those people that had the amazing gut with the fantastic skin and I didn't have the anxiety, I probably wouldn't have learned as much as I had. But also I would be the person smoking the fags, probably going raving until five in the morning and eating a burger for breakfast. I know what I'm like. If I think I'm invincible, I would just go in. And I really like managed my sleep, exercised regularly, ate all my vegetables, uh, drank enough water. And that created this foundation of understanding what what's needed just for basic health into old age. Mm, absolutely. No, I think my dad's a psychiatrist and he always says to me when I'm having a difficult time, he says, you know, the full human experience is the absolute joys, but also the absolute lows and and those deep feelings. And he says, because that's what it is to be alive. And, you know, he always talks about just like the compassion that you get from it. Like you said, that compassion of like, this is really difficult, but now I can relate to that person, whether it's you're going through a breakup and you're like, I can really connect to people who live alone or people who are made redundant and out of work or someone who, you know, also has health issues, even if it's a completely different health issue, you have more compassion and connectedness to others, the world, yourself. And it it does make you stronger for the next knock that inevitably and sadly will come our way in life because that's what happens. And I think, yeah, I think compassion is such an important tool for ourselves during these times. And I think comparison as well is a big problem that everyone is facing. And I think just to remind ourselves that no one has got it perfect or easy or sorted or figured out and we've all kind of got our own things going on in the background as well as all the wonderful things as well yeah there's all this wonderful stuff on the surface and probably the stuff that we put at the forefront when we are on platforms like social media provides um, or even in those brief encounters when you're bumping into someone on the street and it is so hard not to go into that comparison mindset and it is such Mm. a thief of joy absolutely oh it just takes away every source of like actually we have so much I've been I know we're going massively off topic now guys but just bear with us I'm sure there's some value in what I'm about to say but I've been immersing myself in the stories of the defectors that have escaped from North Korea and that has given me in a weird way a source of joy because I'm so utterly grateful for the tiniest things like just waking up and getting in a shower and I can shower myself and I can use all the soaps and then I can choose the hairstyle I want to wear and I can choose what I'm going to do next. And there's no choice there. There's no food. There's no, there ever, there's so many people starving to death. 
there's no heating it's just yeah. utterly grim and and just to know that those little choices like how i'm going to wear my hair today actually does feed into a bigger picture yeah anyway slight detour there but no, thank you but for yeah. mentioning all that because it's nice to hear that actually there's more to the experiences that we have mm, something i've been doing recently not so much online more in person with friends is just leading with vulnerability so just saying exactly what's going on all all the gruesomeness and difficulties and I found that it's strengthened like even you know new f- friends that I've made that I don't know that well that they'll then come back to me and say I don't know I'm really struggling I'm not attracted to my partner anymore and I don't want to have sex with them or I'm really struggling with work and I don't think I'm you know, feeling passionate about or whatever it is. And I, I found just as a tip to anyone, just how much like, like you said, we can have these surface chats where it's like, hi, yeah, good, yeah, everything's great. But actually like those vulnerabilities just open up friendship and connection so easily. And, and especially with people that you don't know as well. I found that like a real bonding like experience. If you really want to like get to know someone better or connect with them, that that has been really invaluable for me. That is, oh, I, I always ask at the end of every episode, I don't ever put this in the questions that I send people as well. I always <laughs> ask, if you had one message for the world, what would your message be? And I think without you even realizing, you've given us such a valuable one, which is lead with vulnerability. Because I often, I think that so many people feel lonely, even when they're in a room full of people. And it's because of those surface level connections that don't take us to that place of, of truly understanding each other. And yeah, like just connection. Connection is, I guess, the word. So can we have that as your bumper sticker for every car? Let's do it. <laughs> people struggle with that, hey? People absolutely Definitely. struggle. But like you said, it really alleviates loneliness because you go, oh, wow. Like, even if it's something they're going through is completely different to you, as it often is, you go, oh, wow, they're, I thought they had it all together, but they've got this going on. And, and, and then you can share your thing and then you both feel connected. And I, I just think that it's, yeah, it's so great for loneliness. It's so great for perspective. It's so great for gratitude to an area you maybe hadn't thought that could be a problem but is for someone else um and it's so good for bonding you with someone and feeling heard and seen and understood as well which I think is really important I'm just taking it all in Maddie that was so great (laughs) I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that we went off piste and we've kind of veered slightly everything's connected in some way and I, I think that possibly for our health in general, um, connection to other people in that way is so important. I, I was interviewing a neuroscientist a couple of days ago and I, you know, we were like, what practical tools have you got for people? And she was like, well, sleep is obviously at the top of it, but the second most important thing is connection to others. And um, in a busy city like London, where we both um, live, you often are surrounded by a lot of people, but connection sometimes isn't the thing. And possibly this is the solution, what you've just said. So thank you so much for sharing that. No, not at all. I think I think it will help help everyone. So hopefully we can implement that. It's very wise. And on the topic of gut, are there any other 
Any other insights that you have gained through your years of experience that you're like, oh, if only more people knew X, Y, or Z. And don't worry, you've given us so much already. So if you're like, I think I've summed it up there, lady, then that's absolutely fine. But I just wanted to give you one more opportunity if there's anything missing. I would say, we've, yeah, we've talked a little bit about mindful eating that's important and stress and what to eat. But I think another thing is, is, um, is resting your digestive system. So whether that's like a little fast overnight, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, uh, what is it? 16. I can't remember what the numbers are, but you know, those specific fasts that have those numbers. I'm saying it could be 12 to 14 hours between your dinner and your breakfast. And then also just having gaps between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now I, I love a snack. Don't get me wrong, but there is a lot to be said that, you know, it takes about four to five hours for your stomach to empty and for everything to move through. And I think if we're constantly putting something in it every few hours, whether that's a meal, then a snack, then a meal, then a snack, it's never got this like moment of rest. Um, so having that kind of break between, so say you had your dinner, I don't know, six, seven, and then waiting to have breakfast at eight, nine, um, and then between breakfast and lunch taking a break just having water or herbal teas or whatever you'd like to drink and then having lunch and then maybe a snack in the afternoon but just having a few three or four hours between meals to let your digestive system rest I've noticed that within myself and also clients that that's made a big difference that we're not just constantly putting more and more on top of it and having that break um, and also not going to bed with a full stomach as well really helps with sleep. Um, and it helps, you know, I mean, literally, as you can imagine, like if you eat with a full stomach and then you lie flat, you've not got that um, gravity to move the food through, uh, through, but also your body is now resting into sleep, not into digestion mode. So it is good to make sure you've moved it through. Uh, and then you go to sleep a few hours after you've finished eating. Obviously, not every day is going to be perfect, and you go and eat out for lunch with friends, and you you know you do all these sorts of great social things. But just being aware of having those respites just will allow for your body to have a moment, basically, of relaxation and peace, and it can replenish and um, you know not be constantly working through and moving food through all the time so that is something that I really recommend um anything else I think not fixating on what someone else eats so we are our own body and chickpeas might be great for me but they might not be great for you so constantly having that awareness and understanding and that detectiveness when it comes to food with what's working for you and what's not um and yeah staying in your own lane being on your own journey and um yeah being kind to yourself as well i feel like we could do another whole podcast and you could keep spouting out all the good stuff i'm just here <laughs> ah, absorbing <laughs> Honestly, Maddie, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for all those incredibly practical tools. Um, and just one last thing, I remember you saying to take a couple of moments just to check in with yourself. And I feel like through society, we've almost 
been taught not to do that in a way, like since little, like just get on with it or there's no time. And, and it's very empowering having someone go, actually, that's actually a, a route to even further success and greater manifestation of your wildest dreams, I think is very powerful. Well, I'm very pleased. And yeah, definitely implement the 40 second check-in, see what questions and answers come up. And definitely check out your new program. I know you've got loads of other stuff out there. You've got your IBS program. Have you still got Get the Glow? Is that still Yes. Going? So the books, yeah, still the books are still out there. I know the, I know the book is out there, oh. but you had an online program with Get the Glow as well, right? So the Glow Guide. So we've that actually... Was the Glow Guide, yeah. Yeah, so we've taken that, yeah, glow, glow everything. We've taken that off, but we are bringing it back again for a, for a revamp. Woo! <laughs> oh my gosh this so you're always doing such great things maddie and um importantly also to remind everyone that you're also a mum, so you've definitely walked your walk walked your talk as it were you know it's not always been easy i know that being a new mom can be really challenging but he's four and he's still alive everyone so <laughs> <laughs> so she's a, she's a good one to listen to <laughs> Oh, thank you. I've had such a nice time chatting to you. It's been absolutely wonderful. Maddie, where can people find out more about you? I know you've got Madeline Shaw as your website. Is that right? So, yeah, Madeline Shaw with three E's dot com. And then Madeline underscore Shaw underscore on Instagram. There are lots of Madeline Shaws out there. Are there? A double, double, yes. To this other Madeline Shaw, she makes tampons. Um, wow, so that's great. what a yeah. cool chick. I know. Well, don't her. get confused with that one, guys. <laughs> this Maddie does not make tampons yet, but I'll give her time because she does a lot of stuff. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you again, Madeline Shaw. And that's the end of this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you think of anyone who could possibly benefit from the information that was shared today, Honestly, guys, you sharing this podcast really will help more than you could ever know. I'm your host, Celeste Pereira, and I'd like to send you love at first science.